Hello, birders. Welcome to Bird Facts with Kristen and Maeve. I'm Kristen, bird watcher extraordinaire. And I'm Maeve, bird knowledge novice. And today we have a very special guest, Denise Penizoto. And Denise is a student at HDS. She is an MTS student with a focus on the sacred arts, and that's an independent concentration. Um, she is she has also been accepted at MET as a through the copyist program. Um, she has been featured at the Five Boroughs exhibit, in which diverse artists were selected to participate in this group show highlighting talent from New York's Five Boroughs, and she paints birds. So Denise, is there anything else that you'd like me to add? Um, no, I think you've covered briefly. So um, usually in this podcast, Kristen will tell me facts about a bird and I listen and ask questions. But today we are not talking about a particular bird. We instead are going to be talking about a collage of birds, if you will. I try to have like an art, artsy term, a mural <laughs> of birds. Um, so we're going to just take turns asking Denise questions. Kristen, what would you like to start with? Well, I'm interested in learning how Denise got into this line of work. Oh, sure. Um, I actually got into learning that I could draw and paint through an old um, cop copies of the Encyclopedia Botanica when I was a kid. So I would look at images in, in the encyclopedias and start drawing them. So that was my first um, start of realizing that I really enjoyed to draw. And then through my life, I just became more and more interested in painting. So professionally, I started actually to make in my career in theater as a theater scenic artist. And I moved into film from there, always keeping the studio practice. And then my studio practice just continued to grow throughout town. And here I am today. How did you end up on birds as your subject specifically? Mm. I have always had an interest in, in the colorful plumes of a variety of birds. And birds also seem so magical to me. They were always featured in Greek myths. You know, we know Athena is an owl. Mm -hmm. You know, Zeus is an eagle. And the thought of it's either humans turning into birds or it's birds with human-like creatures. Mm. That, yeah, that always intrigues me. Um, and then bird song too. I started recognizing the different bird songs of the different birds, especially when I was traveling. I have traveled a lot with my mural work throughout um, various parts of the world. And I was hearing different bird sounds that I was unfamiliar with. And so then when I would see them, I would start drawing them, trying to remember as a way of remembering who they were. Have any particular birds or bird songs called to you or is there are there particular birds that show up in your work more often than others? Yes, actually. And that, now that I've said this about the song, two of the birds that show up in my work actually don't really have any real pleasant song. One of the birds that show up quite a bit in my work are vultures. Yes, I have a whole series. Well, vultures, crows, and ravens. Those are three birds, actually, that have shown up a lot. And I think because they all are so they're such, uh, they're so ominous. There's something to each of them that provides a mystery to me. You know, that we know about how ravens and crows are supposed to be so intelligent and that they hold grudges and they'll, you know, <laughs> respond to people. But also too in the Norse myth of 
the ravens where Odin releases the ravens thought and memory into the sky to see you know what's going on in the world things like that really interest me the way certain birds play a continual role and then vultures also play such a deep role in religious traditions as well as in our sort of horror stories even too you know the vulture the carnivore but in religious traditions vultures are actually considered quite sacred birds in um, Tibetan Buddhism, Tibetan Zoroastrianism. And the reason they are considered sacred birds is because um, they are used in their air burial, where they will bring a body, the deceased, the, the family will bring a body to a specific mountain top that's considered a sacred space. Or in India, it's called Towers of Silence, where a body will be brought to and um, the vultures will come and kind of a, sounds a bit gruesome for those of us who aren't familiar with these air burials, but it's considered to be very, like I said, sacred and ritualistic. So then the vultures, the vultures will devour the body flesh, which then returns, releases the spirit, the soul into the sky for the next, or into the gods, into the heavens for the next reincarnation. Wow. And I'm curious about your process of finding out this folklore. Do you get inspired by a bird and then read its folklore? Or do you learn about the folklore and that inspires you to paint the bird? Or is there some other? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it really depends on what I'm working on and what my thoughts are. I actually was doing quite a bit of research on the four, I called it the four types of burials, which are the water, earth, air, and fire. You know, we have four different ways of treating our dead. And when I was looking at that, that's when I really found out about the vultures to the detail of the air burial. And so that got me very interested. And then I was on an artist residency during this time, and it was in um, Northern Minnesota. And I saw this circle of birds swarming above in a circle. So I went closer and closer. I actually was farther away in a car and we went closer and closer until we came to where they eventually landed and it was vultures uh, circling over a deer car. Wow. Yeah, those are the turkey vultures. So I got so fascinated by that because, you know, we see there's, it turns out that these are two different species of bird vultures uh, or of vultures. One are the North American and then the other are the Asian. And North America vultures are typically known for cleaning up the carcasses, you know, that are left behind. The Asian ones are considered, you know, and we think of them here in in America in particular, at least from the people I know and my original idea of vultures as being kind of um, gruesome birds that eat flesh. But then when I started learning about the Tibetan rituals and Asian vultures, I learned such a completely different perspective on the sacrality of them and how they're used and thought of. So in that sense, it came from both sides, citing them in nature and then also doing the research. But usually I'll see a bird stimulate yeah. I'm kind of curious to hear more about the theme of death or like ominous foreshadowing. <laughs> it seems to kind of Across a lot of traditions. And when I think of like a murder of crows, or I think of vultures, 
um, that's what comes to mind is something a bit more gruesome. And of course, that's kind of the perspective that I have based on cultural understandings and tellings. But mm -hmm. what is it to you about the theme of death that is kind of exemplified by these more ominous creatures? Um, like, why are you drawn to that in particular for, for your art? Yes, I think it's because of my interest in religion. And, um, and actually, in this, these cases, these are traditional religions you know, Buddhism, um, Zoroastrianism, we don't know that much about it now, but, you know, one of the founding religions and, you know, Greek mythology, we call Greek mythology, we say that that's a myth, but then, you know, our traditional religions that we're aware of now, too, we could also call them myths, because, you know, myths are stories. Um, so all of these myths bring birds in as Aristophanes's there's a Sufi tradition that is the conference of the birds mm -hmm. and there's Aristophanes, the birds. So, so many people have the writers, authors, myths. I mean, birds play a large part in magic, which really could be related into religion as well, just the ideas of the mystical. Whether we're thinking about flying, soaring to the skies, you know, up into heavens, we can think of Icarus, who was given wings to fly, you know, up. Of course, his story didn't end up so great with his uh, <laughs> wings out of wax that melted the sun. When you think about it, birds play such a large part in our mm -hmm. way of describing magic and myth, Relig you know, and religious tradition. And, you know, when you say that about the murder, but as mm -hmm. a murder of crows, you know, and think of Alfred Hitchcock's film with Tippi Hedren, The Bird. Mm -hmm. And then there's the other side of the beautiful hummingbird and the robin who brings in spring. Mm -hmm. I'm curious about kind of going on that line, your spiritual experience of painting birds. We talk a lot in divinity school about making meaning of things. So what is it your sort of personal experience or what does it mean to you when you create one of these paintings? Oh yes, right now, currently I'm working on a piece that I'm bringing peacocks into it because peacocks actually represent eternity and oh. everlasting. And that's in Christian faith, that's in, I believe it's in Buddhism as well, but I would have to look a little bit deeper. But birds for me really, are about the soaring spirit. I get that feeling when I'm looking at birds, painting birds. I love the detail of feathers, painting each individual stroke. It's meditative for me when I'm thinking about like each feather and stroke. And, you know, it can be colorful or it can be really ominous in the darkness of the raven, the scruffy roughness of the vulture. You know, they set off moods. And um, so when I'm painting, oftentimes, like I'll do a little research on the birds, but then in the end, they gain their own character through painting. I think a lot of artists will say that. The same with writers when they develop their characters. You just, they start taking on a bit of personality of their own that informs the painting, really, the direction of the painting. And I like that too, because it feels slightly like out of, my hands once you start developing a character in your work and birds to me are something that 
when I start painting them, that's sort of an immediate. Wow. I mean, I can think of personalities of, attributed to birds, you know, and I think that that becomes kind of immediate. I love that because that makes me think about how you describe creating a character it makes me think of I've heard writers I think it was Stephen King maybe that was writing about how it feels like sometimes he's not creating the stories but they're coming through him from somewhere else and it sort of seems like that is you sort of identify with that on some level and it's interesting to see similarities between these different medium that I never thought about in this way before so thanks for helping me make that connection in my brain today. I was wondering if there are any pieces that you would like to direct our listeners to, um, anything that has birds or nature or something that you're just proud of and want to share um, that we could find online. Yes, actually. Um, thank you for asking for that. There are, I have painted quite a few birds and my pieces are typically quite large, um, ranging from like four by six feet to even eight by 10 feet. So I paint large canvases. Uh, I did do a series of four on birds and I really just kept it very simple the four seasons but each bird represented me um, a different season. So the vulture was for fall and you can see these four on my website. The vultures were for fall and that was from that artist residency that I just told you about the vultures circling above the carcass. Um, and then I have one that's called springtime with spoonbills. And that's with the spoonbill, which sort of looks like a flamingo, but with a spoonbill beak. And they're all done in colors of pink that remind me of that reminds me of spring. Summer actually is a hairy that would come and visit this pond in, at home in New York uh, City. There's a pond in um, one inside park, and a heron comes every year and stands on rock in the summer. I'm sure there are others around, but for some reason I just see this one. So that was <laughs> summer. And then I have a snowbird. Oh, wow. So I would love it if, you know, anybody wanted to go to the site to see that. Yeah. And we could, if you are interested, you can share your website with us and we can put it in the show notes or if there's other places our listeners could find you if they're interested. Absolutely. Um, Instagram is I'm accessible there at Denise Penavito. And uh, my website is also the same. My name, www.denisepenazoto.com. Anything else you'd like to share about your art with us before we move into our game phase of the podcast today? <laughs> um, well, I have been working over at the Carpenter Center, um, which is right next to the Harvard Art Museum um, during my time here at the Divinity School. We are having well, the Carpenter Center is having an open studio on December 5th, and I'm going to participate in that. So if anybody wants to come by mm -hmm. December 5th, it's from 5 to 7. I'm going to try to make a flyer to post the Divinity School, but it's from 5 to 7 on December 5th. And I'll have a little corner, and then the Carpenter Center will be filled with other art as well and artists. Congratulations on being part of that. That's so exciting. Oh, thank you. I'm excited mm -hmm. too. I was, I, I felt lucky to be asked. So let's move into our mini game phase, which is mm -hmm. if you were a bird, which bird would you be? Denise, do you want to start? Well, oh, there's so many reasons to be so many different birds, but I think off the top of my head, I would be a hummingbird. Ooh, 
And why would you, why do you pick hummingbird? Oh, so many reasons. Um, for one thing, just the speed and uh, the speed of their movements and that they can move vertically and horizontally. But also they drink the nectar of flowers, which always is smelling so nice and so sweet. Typically they're just considered pretty little uh, accessory birds that I think are really important. <laughs> That's beautiful. I've only seen hummingbirds a few times in my life, and it always feels like a very magical moment. So uh, I guess I can go next because I started talking already. And you know, it probably changes from time to time. I may say something different on different days. I often find migratory birds to be pretty cool and would want to be one of those. But I often really feel like I identify with ducks because they're sort of like the, the joke bird, you know, birds are known for being graceful and beautiful <laughs> and ducks, you know, they just kind of waddle around and they make the most silly quacking sound. I don't know if you've ever seen a, a, a duck land in water, but it always looks like they're taking a chance that they might not make it through the flight and they might crash and die. And they're just wobbling in and just water everywhere. And I just really identify with that feeling awkward and going places. And I just think that's really just a great, I just love duck. Oh, wow. That's so cute, Kristen. <laughs> we have a <laughs> yeah. duck on our little bird facts art cover. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad we have that representation there. I, I don't think this is the bird I really am, but what I aspire to be is a red shoulder hawk, red shoulder talk. Hmm. Um, I just really love raptors and these hawks are sometimes associated with being bringers of vision, which I think is really cool. And they also sometimes fly upside down. <laughs> so yeah, like, like that. Yeah. It's part of like a courting ritual thing. I'm not sure. Anyways, I just, I think they're beautiful and fierce and pretty cool. So Probably I'm more like a barred owl, <laughs> not a barn owl, but <laughs> barred owl, like the fuzzy ones. Yeah. Uh, but I aspire to be a red shoulder top. Well, I think you'd be beautiful as either bird. Thank you. And I don't know if any of our birds would really encounter each other because they live in very different. That's true. Maybe the duck and the hummingbird because the duck kicks around quite a bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I suppose. <laughs> hey, should we move on to any announcements? And next week's bird is going to be the peregrine falcon. So that'll be exciting. We haven't done a falcon yet. Hey, so some credits. Thank you to Denise today. Um, Savannah for the artwork. Thank you to all of our listeners. If you want to follow us on social media, our Instagram is at birdfactspod. And our email is, bird, is birdfactspod at gmail.com. If you want to ask us a question or if you have an interest or special interest and want to connect, be on the podcast, just a bird, just let us know. Bye, everyone. I'm Kristen. I'm Maeve. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> <Yay. Okay. laughs>